Hello and thanks for listening to RT Radio 1's The Rolling Wave podcast with me, Aoife Nick In this episode, my guest is accordion and melodian player Dermot O'Macher. Dermot O'Macher is a musician from Coulee in County Cork who plays both the accordion and the melodian. In 2022, he was named Ceolthor Ognablina at Gratham Ceol TG Cahar and since then, he has released two albums, one accordion album called Shul Nashli and the second, which is called Melodian Medleys, and that was released just recently. I met Dermot during the summer in Milltown Malbay and he told me about some of the workings of the Melodian and also about some of the archive recordings which have influenced his playing on this record. So to begin... This is the opening track from that album, Melodian Medleys. This is The College Groves and The Scholar. Arachthus and Sonif with my family and I remember seeing Johnny Connolly playing for the Shannos dancers all day and I remember looking at him and going I want to be like him so that's the first memory really. Uh, we always had the CDs at home as well and it's one of my favourite combinations Johnny Connolly with Charlie Lennon. Um, I listen to it all day. It's Whenever I get stressed I listen to Johnny Connolly with Charlie Lennon and it always calms me down. So you, but you had the accordion already before? I did, yes, yeah. So I I played, you see, there was in the accordion itself then, I started on the BC style, style, but my aunt Eileen Reardon played the C sharp D accordion. And I was kind of looking at her left hand because in the C sharp D accordion, you can do different things with your bass hand. And I was kind of figuring out how was she able to do it because there's a different scale on both. Um, So that was maybe when I was 10 or 11. So I was trying to figure it out. And then I realized there was accordions in different tunings. And then I realized melodians and all that. So there was a lot going on, but it was all kind of in the same flow, you know. And so, when did you get your first melodian then? I finally managed to convince my mum to get me a melodian when I was about 14, I think. Yeah. So, it took a while, but I got there in the end. And tell me, so, the difference between an accordion and melodian? So, on the melodian, you have only 10 buttons on your right hand, and there's two bass buttons. Sometimes you can get more if you want, but really, that's it. Um, and the air button is on the back of a, a block of wood that you hold on your left hand side on the melodian whereas in the accordion you have two rows of buttons and eight buttons on your on your left hand side and um, different tunes suit both in a different way so I started on the BC accordion system and then eventually moved on to the C sharp D accordion system and I played them both occasionally Um, and then on the melodian you kind of have to be more creative because you don't have any accidentals Um, and there's different interpretations of tunes that I love the the way PJ Conlon or Johnny Connolly used to simplify tunes or manage to find a way around a tricky phrase that the notes physically aren't on the instrument. I find that really creative and it's uh, it's always a kick when I hear what they do, you know. Do you have no semitones then? No, so I just have the straight scale, you know. What do the stops on the top do? So there's four sets of reeds. There's one low set of reeds. Which one is it now? We'll see which one this is. 
So that's one of the middle reeds. There's two middle reeds. And there's a low reed. And a high reed. So when they're all together, then that's what creates the melodian sound. It's absolutely gorgeous. And would you set them, obviously, before you started playing, you'd set them where you wanted for that particular set? Yes, I always keep them all up. Yeah, all four <laughs> Full throttle. Less, yes, 100%, yeah. <laughs> but the interesting thing, though, is le less notes, uh, you know, doesn't mean simpler tunes. I mean, listening to that album, the, the tunes that you have on it, they're not simple. So you find your way around that, obviously. There's quite a lot of kind of show piecey pieces on it, isn't there? Yes, so th that's why I'm kind of lucky in a way that the Melodian has a lot of rich archival material, let's say, from the likes of PJ Conlon, who was a genius, and John J. Kimmel, who was a real virtuoso on the Melodian. And they have really different, many different types of variations, and I suppose they're near, like gymnastics, really, um, on just a simple 10-button Melodian, but there's a lot that you can do within those simple notes, you know. And I try and I, I think they're, it's showcased on the Melodian album anyways, what you can get out of it. Tell me about Peter Conlon because um, you've drawn a lot on his music for this record. Yes, so Peter Conlon was from Milltown County Galway um, and he emigrated to New York and recorded prolifically. Um, and like, he was a real dynamo. Like when Peter Conlon played, you know, I remember hearing a recording of uh, Paddy Cronin talking about hearing him and he said that he nearly blew him away you know so um he was a real dynamo but uh, he recorded with the great james morrison and uh like he had a very unfortunate ending to his life but the recordings that he made um are a huge source of inspiration for me you know and others that i've met and say those 78s or those early recordings with him would, would they have been solo or would he have had the piano accompaniment like a lot of the fiddle players had or what kind of a what kind of a sound would he have had on those recordings? Uh, they were accompanied with a piano or um, usually a piano, uh, but he played uh, an old Baldoni. Um, well, he started on one of those, I think it might have been a Globe Melodian, but then I think around 1928 or maybe before that, he was uh, given a Baldoni, uh, commissioned, I think. It was in a six-voice or eight-voice. So this Melodian only has four voices, four sets of reeds. This one had... When PJ played was six or eight, and it's really it's the College Groves um, recording. You can hear when he got the new Baldoni, and it just it was like a hurricane, you know. Literally, just to go back and listen oh, to the ones, yeah, like he had the recording he made with James Morrison. They start together, and it just kind of like James Morrison's tempo and his records were very, you know, perfect. It was, but PJ just let loose, and then. James Morrison in the middle of the record he goes into a solo and that you can hear the drop in the tempo and then PJ comes back in again and you hear the tempo go up again so uh, oh, he was a real dynamo yeah stopped recording in 1929 or so he recorded an awful lot and then stopped but he lived until 1967 w what happened in between the two years well I think with the economic crash and that um, and I think he had an unfortunate um, 
think he might have lost a child, you know, I, I think his daughter might have died and I think he ended up in a home, no, nobody knew where he was. That's why P, Paddy Cronin, it was very interesting to hear him about him that it was very hard to track him down, you know. By the end of his life, I think PJ was, it was, uh, he could have, you know, he was kind of like, I heard people talk about Joe Cooley as well, that, you know, if he went out to the road to get a lift somewhere, if the road was, if the car was going left, he'd go left, and if the car was going right, he'd go right. So he could end up in a bus to anywhere. Um, and I think oftentimes is, uh, you would know what kind of accordion he'd be playing because sometimes he'd, he'd leave them in the pawn shop, you know, or things like that. So it's an unfortunate end to his life, but his, his recordings really were amazing. And the other person that you talk about, well, there's two two others, um, but the, the, the next person is John Kimmel. But he wasn't Irish at all, even though I think he kind of billed himself as the Irish Dutchman, didn't he, when he did gigs and things like that. T- tell me about him, because he's interesting, an interesting character. So a lot of the earlier recordings of John Kimmel were kind of nearly like music that you'd associate with movies or television and like a lot of German waltzes and marches. But there seems to be a point where he realised that Irish music was very popular and he had uh, he started recording a lot of Irish tunes and with different interpretations. Like I love his version of The Haste of the Wedding. It's very different to the common Haste of the Wedding. And I remember being in an awkward situation where I was asked to play Haste of the Wedding with a, a quartet at a wedding down in West Cork once and I couldn't get the John Kimmel version out of my head so they were trying to follow me. And if you listen to the recording you can hear different, uh, like his phrasing is very different. He draws out ones and different triplets and things like that and uh, it's not really suitable for a quartet at a wedding. But I wonder if the couple knew they were getting a specialised version of Haste of the Wedding. They were delighted with it anyways at the end so I got through it. <laughs> set on the album called Kimmel's Medley of Straight Jigs and there's lovely interplay on that set between uh, the melodian and the piano. Tell me about that track and uh, about the arrangement in particular because it sounds very much like a conversation. Yeah, so that's a really interesting medley of tunes. Um, I, I played it at a festival in London last year at my first CD launch and a man came up to me afterwards and told me that a lot of those tunes are actually old hornpipes or Scottish tunes or from the Donegal or the fiddling tradition. But Kimmel's interpretation of it is uh, is um, probably my main source of inspiration, even though Joe Duran also recorded it. Um, and I think on the piano with him then was a man called Johnny Connors. Johnny, Johnny Connors played piano with him on that. And... Uh, myself and Paddy McAvoy, who plays piano with me, you know, we're huge fans of those recordings. So I never told Paddy what to do, and Paddy kind of knows what to do well because he understands the melodian tradition. So th- I love the ending uh, on that tune. Uh, there's a lot of triplets involved in it, and it took me a while to get it. When I was, I think I learned that when I was maybe 18 or 19. So it's great to be able to play it now and share it with people because it's a fun piece to play. And I sometimes when I'm uh, in school teaching and. We, we, I bring out the accordion if we're doing singing in class and things like that. I play that and the kids, the children are always amazed by the ending of it. So it's a showcase piece, but um, it's very unique. Yeah, and as I say, the, the, the interplay on, the, on this track with the piano is absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. 
were speaking earlier about the different keys and in, in accordions and presumably you can get melodians in different keys as well how many do you have because Lado Burns on this is is in a totally different key I think is it or it is so the Lado Burns track is actually on the accordion the two row accordion um, it's a tribute to to Joe Burke but ironically I'm playing it on a C sharp D accordion but I'm playing BC fingering on it so it comes out kind of in the key of E you know so uh, that's the accordion go figure that now yeah, listeners yeah <laughs> I, uh, uh, so that's the honest truth uh, about that one um, but I do have some melodians in different keys um, I think Matt McNulty who recorded a lot in, in America years ago also had melodians in different keys as well so um, I'm not the first person to have a collection of melodians in different keys but I like playing them and I have on the album I play one in D uh, it's a melodian from Quebec um, really suited to the Kimmel music in particular and then for the Irish tunes I have a, a melodian that was made in France by Emmanuel Parazel, and that's in the key of E flat. And are they all new instruments, or are you? Do you get older instruments that have been refurbished, or how, how does that work? Well, I actually at the moment I have an old instrument. It's very similar to the one that Conlon used to play. It's a Baldoni, uh, but it's with Charlie Harris at the moment. So um, I'm looking forward to getting that back and uh, seeing uh, what I can get out of it. But the melodians I play on the albums are reasonably new enough like the, the melody melodian that I play the Kimmel tracks on is a, is in the key of D and that was probably made about 25 years ago whereas the E flat instrument the uh, Manuel Parazel was made three years ago yeah um, you mentioned Anne McNulty and Ma McNulty I think she was known as um, it's, it's very nice to see a woman as well you know in the list of uh, influences or kind of inspirational musicians tell me about her she was incredible um, I mean the fact that they were they did very well in the vaudeville scene herself and her her son peter and her daughter eileen they had a kind of a trio in the vaudeville scene um, i mean really she was very um clever in the way they were able to get gigs and and make a living out of music um Matt mcnulty's music is incredible it's really unique in the way that um if you listen to it first you'd kind of think that it was very simple but her rhythm and her phrasing is what made it intricate. You know, she didn't use that many different notes. Like she'd simplify a lot of tunes. Um, like she has a lovely version of a tune that's now known as Over the Moor to Maggie. But if you listen to the way she plays it, there's only about maybe five or six notes in the first part. But it's her phrasing and her rhythm is genius. about her like would she, would she have learned her music in Ireland because I think she was from Roscommon yeah as far as I know she was from Roscommon but um, I'm not 100% sure but I think that um, maybe I think her husband passed away and then they became a trio and they did really well in the vaudeville scene I don't know where she got her music from or who her influences were um, there's an amazing picture of her online in a sort of a fantastic looks well it's obviously black and white but it looks like a big wedding dress almost with a huge skirt and then I think it's her son in a top hat and everything it was a really successful show they had wasn't it oh really professional show it was amazing really when you think about it I think there's a collection a collection of her dresses and posters from gigs and stuff I remember reading online about it that it was donated to Mick Maloney 
Um, so I'm not sure what's been done with that, but I'm, I'm curious to see to see it if I ever get the chance to go over there, you know. And you have a track of hers, I think, uh, that you learned from her on this record as well. Yes, there's two tunes in particular. The first one is one uh, called The Rolling Rocks of Glen, and the other one is a tune called Mrs. Drury's. Um, but they sound like other tunes in different keys, but it's her phrasing and her rhythm is really what I'm trying to get across. And is that what attracts you to tunes, the rhythm? Or like when you hear a tune and you take the time to go and learn it, what is it that you're looking for in that tune? Uh, well, obviously the heart in the playing and individuality, but um, it's the rhythm really is what strikes me. I love hearing good technical playing. It's very satisfying to hear somebody play a piece perfectly or play it really well. But the rhythm and the melodion is, is fantastic, you know. And once you kind of hear that, it's very hard to listen to anything other than that but um that i mean i listen to a lot of different music you know in within traditional instrumental playing the majority of the music that i really enjoy listening to is solo accompaniment with accompaniment usually by a piano um but charlie lennon really any album with charlie lennon i have a playlist of all the albums charlie's been on and i just listen to them all the time so that's really the main inspiration or the music that i like to listen to and get inspiration from and, you know, you strike me as somebody who's very dedicated to this instrument. You, like, you, really, love, you really love the accordion and the, the melodion. You, you, you put the time in as well, though, clearly. It's, do you practice a lot still? Like, is practicing a thing for you or sitting down and playing or learning new things? Definitely. Um, I mean, when I'm at home in Kule, it's, it's always the same. It's either me in one room and my brother playing the pipes in another room. But I never saw it as practice. You know, when I was in secondary school, I never really socialized much in terms of you know teenage discos and things i just stayed at home and learned stuff on youtube i really got an enjoyment out of it and you know when you get an accordion in a different key then it kind of opens up another world another kind of album that you can play along with that's kind of what i've done since i was 14 or 15 is just play along with albums um at home one year listen to me and one year listen to the album you know so that's i have spent a lot of time but there's a lot of things that i want to learn on it as well you know constant journey definitely <laughs> um just going back a little bit it's quite a journey from uh Coulee, which is where you're from to uh, vaudeville and the america in the 1920s like the the music you would have li- heard because you grew up in an area Coulee is very famous for music was there a lot of it around when you were young N- not necessarily i mean there was a lot of music but it was different music like i remember um, like my earliest influences really were the likes of Jackie Daly and Seamus Cray like their their albums at home were it was it was like we always listened to them or we listened to like Omosa Joe Cooley or like those like the likes of those I mean it, there's obviously a very song, a strong singing tradition at home in Coulee but the music is is, is dance music that people really love um, so even though that's kind of where I'm rooted from or rooted in the music that I'm playing now is influences that I kind of seek I look for myself you know um on online as as in like buying records and old um collections and things like that that's 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 what I'm listening to now but it's that came from myself really even though I do have the background from my family like the love of the music and keeping the rhythm good for dancing that's kind of the basis of it but like learning John Kimmel pieces now and stuff like that I mean you wouldn't hear that in Kool-Aid years ago so yeah, that's there's a lot going on, but um, it's kind of the same kind of approach, if that makes sense. 
And, and your music, I think you, you mentioned your aunt, and I think your dad plays as well. Is that right? Yeah, my dad plays the mandolin. Yeah, Fintan um, on So, like, I mean, I remember asking him when I stopped going to accordion lessons. I asked him, you know, teach me a really difficult tune, you know. And the first one was the Greenfields of Glentown, um, which took a while, you know. But it was learning difficult tunes like that meant that learning easy tunes and it was everything else was easier. So. I was lucky to have it kind of all around me in different ways, you know. And ha- has the singing tradition of Kool-Aid made a, an, a, an impact as well? Do you sing? I, I sang a lot when I was younger, um, but then when my voice broke, it took me a while to get back to it. Um, I do sing, yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we, myself and my brothers and my dad have been with Cork Kool-Aid since we were walk, able to walk. Um, and in, in being here, it's called Sorry Willie Clancy. I remember coming here as a kid for the Saturday night concert and the Monday, the Sunday morning mass and then going to Moorish or Rohan's house for breakfast afterwards. You know, you were treated like royalty um, because you were from kool You know, there's such a strong connection between kool and Milton Melbe. Um, so it's very, it's nice to be a part of that and being able to contribute to it, you know. And now you're back this year as a tutor. Oh, that's really special. I mean, that really is the icing on the cake because I remember coming here as a student uh, when I was in primary school. I remember coming to the Thursday accordion recital and hearing Joe Burke and Jackie Daly, you know, joking with the crowd and I just I stayed these lads were my heroes so now being able to take part in the accordion recital myself as a tutor here is special I mean I'm teaching in the same classrooms that I attended as a child so kind of coming full circle like that is something I never thought would happen but it's really special now that I can contribute to the festival in my own way um, at the CD launch yesterday, your CD was one of the CDs uh, launched. I think there were 15 or 16 CDs launched here, which is an amazing number. Um, but oddly, it w- you, yours wasn't the only Melodian album. There was also PJ Hernan's uh, Melodian album, which was launched as well. Are there many people playing the Melodian these days? D- definitely. Um, the numbers have definitely gone up. I think um, there's 11 Melodians at, in the Melodian class this year in Milltown, which is up from last year. Um, and I think um, a lot more people are playing Melodian music and, and listening to Melodian music as well, which is important, you know. Um, yeah, definitely. OK, well, look, we mentioned Paddy McAvoy, who's playing with you on this very fine record. It is a fantastic record. Um, who else is on it? And then you might just pick, if you can, it's like picking your favourite child, but a favourite track that we might finish on. Um, so, yeah, Rory McGorman is also playing bazooki on it. Um, and it's, it's, it's great to be able to play with the lads, you know. Um, it was one of the best things coming out from that I got from making these two albums was spending time with the lads and playing with them. You know, um, not sure now which track to pick. I suppose um, contentment as well and scatter the mud. I suppose they're two uh, PJ Conlon classics. So uh, yes, we'll stick with PJ. And just before I let you go, because you just reminded me there that this is in fact your second album <laughs> in about a year or maybe less than a year. That's a, quite an achievement to make two in a year. All, you know, all joking aside, it's not easy to make an album. So tell me how you managed to do that. And is that now setting the is that setting the rhythm for the future? I'm not sure yet. It's I mean, it's great um, because I always wanted to. I mean, the accordion music and melodic music is really different, you know, and there's kind of a different audience for both nearly, you know. So I did want to have two albums, um, one for the Melodian and one for the Accordion. So to actually have them now physically to be able to share that with people is really fulfilling. Um, but I was lucky to be in great company in the studio when I went in there. It was my first time in the studio last summer. And once I started playing, I couldn't stop, you know. So I, 
I was trying to figure out a nice mix of tunes for the first album and then what the last couple of months I was looking at what was left and I was saying you know there's a pretty good Melodian album there so why not use it now um, and it's nice that I can document what I was playing now because I'm very busy at the moment between music um, and teaching so in my 20s now I have two albums to showcase what I was playing now so that means I can go off and experiment with other things now hopefully but it's a nice way to think of them that they're kind of partner records almost they're, they're two you know they belong together definitely yeah. definitely I mean every time I play music I'm trying to you know it's the same approach with everything I approach all the I approach all the tunes with the same same kind of uh, mindset you know um, in terms of phrasing and rhythm and ornamentation so there's a there's a flow there between two of them and they, they really go well together I think Absolutely we'll look at Cuchordhus agus Gurmila Magath Gurmila Magath Aoife to the Rolling Wave podcast. For rights reasons, the music here is shorter than in the original broadcast. So if you'd like to hear the full versions of the tunes, you can go to rte.ie forward slash radio one forward slash the Rolling Wave. And this programme was first broadcast on the 3rd of September 2023. Until the next time, Gurmila Mahagisacht Vegeistacht, Agaslan.